0: Hello, you're listening to the Saluki Gamescast. This is episode 73 for Friday, February 23rd, 2024. My name is Justin Young. Joining me as usual are Alicia Utech and Christina Ivey. Uh, Mario is out today. He's away at a conference and everything. So, Mario, we hope you're having a good time and enjoying yourself. Um, (laughs) Alicia,
1: you just made a face. Do you not wish well for Mario? No, I'm like, yeah, out there being an adult. Yeah. Doing good things. A,
2: he's at a, a pop culture com- or a specifically like
1: gaming conference. It's too. the conference game. I thought it was a pop culture conference, but he was in the game studies. It's the season. south. Yes.
0: It's the Southwest Conference of the Popular Culture Association. Yeah. There's a,
1: there's
2: a lot of gamers there. Like even if they don't do gaming studies, pretty much everybody there's a gamer. I so love that. It's, yeah, it's it's a lovely conference. I kind of I think I'm gonna go back next year.
0: We uh. should have printed up flyers for him and just had him distribute about the <laughs> podcast. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> While you're out there, Mario, do publicity for us. Yes. <laughs> do the
1: good work, Mario. <laughs> Spread the good word of the Saluki Games cast.
0: Have you heard the good word of the Saluki Games cast? I
1: mean, look, we had a Bible verse the other day. Like,
2: I, I'm a nun.
0: <laughs> we could have given him, like, a, a white bun-up shirt and black pants. Oh,
2: little, little Mormon Mario. <laughs> oh,
0: oh no, that makes me think of Mormon Super Mario. <laughs> Those are very different games all of a sudden. Yeah. Oh,
1: my gosh.
0: Um, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> so, uh, Alicia and uh, Christina, how have you been?
1: I <laughs> finished prelims on Sunday yes. somehow. Congratulations. So, I, I am alive, and yet have I had a break? No. Because oh. <laughs> my my two graduate assistantship positions, one is with the Klinell Theater here in our department, and we have a showcase event this weekend that's the Africana Theater Lab Black as Hell Showcase. Mm-hmm. And so I've been and the now doing tech and all that for their rehearsals this week for tech runs. And then my other assistantship, I'm the Vice President of Administrative Affairs for the Graduate and Professional Student Council here at SIU. Mm-hmm. And so I one of my responsibilities with that is handling our... End of year awards, and the deadline for the end of year awards is today at five PM. So,
0: (laughs) oh, that's why I got an email.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so dealing with all the people asking questions and also doing my normal responsibilities with that, dealing with you know the fee allocation board and the meeting on Tuesday night, and
2: honestly, it's like just just hang with me here. It's probably not the worst thing that you had a few things to do to like follow up them because I just remember. Again, being done with prelims or our comps uh, situation and just, like, crashing in the worst way. And so yeah. I think maybe having, like, a gradual letdown of, like, that uh,
1: uh,
2: endorphins and things like that maybe maybe good for you.
1: <laughs> I hope so. I did not have endorphins on Sunday night. It was oh. all I, – I was awake for 35 hours straight oh, working mm. and 22 hours – Before I realized that I hadn't eaten dinner, uh, I hadn't eaten food since the night before. So it it was probably one of the worst weekends of my life. I'm not going to lie. But I made it through. I sobbed a lot, but Mm. we're here. I've... Checked in with two of my three committee members and they don't think I'm idiot. An idiot. Oh. And I'll see the third one this afternoon, and I'm sure he also doesn't think I'm an idiot. That's so good. Well, getting out of my <laughs> Sunday night <laughs> brain self.
2: <laughs> the third one.
1: Craig GP. Oh, no. yeah, fine.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: So I I'm still exhausted. I'm still catching up on sleep, but I honestly don't expect to get a to really get a break until Maybe spring break, question mark. So
0: remember this feeling Mm -hmm. and remember like how horrible you felt getting this done. And as you go on and become a professor, think about when you are training the next PhDs, how can this be done differently so that it isn't just hell for like Mm -hmm. no reason? Because a lot of what gets done in academic programs is because, well, this is what was done to me. Yeah. yeah this is how it was done with me for sure and it's not necessarily like is that is that the best way to handle it or is there a better way that maybe because everybody I know who goes through prelims comes out of it going yeah like this almost killed me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's like well is that actually useful like is there a yeah. easier way to test people without <laughs> trying to kill them in the process
1: and I will say like our program has the best prelims uh, out yes. of any. Like, talking to other people at SIU, talking to my friends who are in comm studies at other universities, like, our program has the best ones, the it most feels practical. L-
2: like, I have no doubt that it was anxiety-inducing, especially based on the stuff you were talking about. My process was dramatically different. Like, it was, they they gave me the question the day of, locked me in a room for two hours. Uh, half my questions would allow notes, half would allow no notes. And I had to just write my shortest answer was like 9 pages single spaced uh so it uh, yeah. <laughs> uh so like I, and i'm not trying to invalidate like your <laughs> or anything, no. but it's well, like this this program is definitely uh a lot a lot different yeah but
1: <laughs> I, but i think some of, you know it, in that vein it's important to remember like even for how inc- how well structured and how practical ours are and it's hell. So, yes. like, remembering yes. that even the things that we do that that are going to be helpful in the long run, going to be still being sympathetic to when you're in the middle of it, it's hell.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I think you can make an argument that putting people through something that is stressful can be useful because being a full-time faculty member is very stressful, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, preparing them in, to some extent um, – I just sometimes have a problem with the way universities handle things, and Absolutely, like yeah. being in meetings and going, "Why are we doing it this way?" Well, because this is the way I did it, and you're like, "Okay, yeah." So, like, you know,
2: academic hazing. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, to some degree, right? Mm-hmm. Like, some things that we do feel yeah. that way. I, I, I definitely, or I should say, programs do. Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like I, I'm not even a. Obviously, I'm not attacking comm studies, but, like, I'm <laughs> yeah. saying that, um, you know, th- there's always a better way to do things. Mm-hmm. And I think it's useful for people to sometimes be honest and be like, well, maybe this isn't the best way. Maybe we could do yeah. this in a way that's not going to have people's hair falling out in the <laughs> process. Mine
2: did during my, ma- the, like, the master's process, writing my thesis. My hair did start to fall out. Yeah, th- that's what I Dang. mean. Huh? I mean,
0: you hear horror stories, like... And yeah. again, this does not happen in this program that I hear. Of. I'm mm. not going to say it's never happened, um, but you do hear horror stories of people breaking in graduate programs. Yeah. Well, like, and
1: even even looking, you know, I I when I got to the end of end of it, I turned questions one and two in on time. I turned question three in nine hours late, and yeah. I had texted Johnny, who's my advisor, and you know he I had sent one and two in and said to my committee, you know, hey, I'm running into some difficulties with question three. I'll still have it in. Mm -hmm. And by by the time I turned it in, in my head, I was like, I'm going to fail this question and I'm going to have to start completely over. I'm going to have to write a new question. I'm going to have to do more research. I'm going to have to defend a new question and pick another month. And then after I had slept and... The next Monday morning, I was on the phone with my parents and I was texting one of the people in our program who I knew had not passed all of her prelims on her first go. And she was like, yeah, you know, I was in a similar boat. I saw it coming. It still hurts. But, you know, when you get that back, partial revisions, partial revision is fix a few things. Full revision is try again. And I, I went, wait, what? I'm not starting from scratch. I'm not writing a whole new question. No. <laughs> and she's like, no, that's not unless you're on like attempt four and your committee really doubts your ability to <laughs> rewrite. And I was all like, right. I've been hanging out with my friends in other programs too long. Because yeah. one of my really good friends in another program here at SIU, it was si- similar to you that no notes, yep. sit down for and write for eight hours. And when she failed, she had to start all the way over. Oh, God, no. And I was like, Oh thank God, our, our department's not like that. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> I was one of the few people in my cohort that didn't have to have any rewrites.
1: Yeah, oh. and but, like, and I and reframing it as rewrites helps me a lot too because yeah. like I, I was an editorial assistant for a journal for three years, so like, I I know very deeply I can I can tell the imposter syndrome to shut up on the idea of like a revise and resubmit is just a nice way of saying oh, yeah. no, no, they really want you to revise and resubmit. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, um, so glad you're through that. Yeah, I mean at <laughs> yes. least for now, and like you can take a break and not be too stressed. And you did take a break last night and went to see something at the movie theater.
1: Yes, I so Wednesday and Thursday of this week, they Fandango did a re release because it had never been released in U.S. theaters before of Final Fantasy VII Advent Children Complete. And so the local movie theater had the subtitled version. So I went last night. I was the only person in the theater. And I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have been if the employee was allowed to leave the front. Because <laughs> I got there and I was like, hey, can I get a ticket for Final Fantasy VII Advent Children? And he's like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, do you want sub or dub? And I was like, do you have the dub version? I thought it was just subtitled here. He's like, yeah, I should check before I actually say that. <laughs> oh yeah, we only have the subtitle. Okay, I know what I'm doing tomorrow night. And I was like, it's only here Wednesday and Thursday. And he, he literally he made a face and he was like, I wish I could swear right now. <laughs> but it was it was really fun. I, I, you know, does Advent Children make the most sense in the world? No. Do I love it anyways? Yes. <laughs> and having the theater to myself, I got to like nerd out and say lines along with it. and <laughs> Of course, you did. So, you
2: Mystery Science
0: Theater did.
1: Yay. A little bit. Yay. <laughs> you know, shriek when Rufus Shinra shows up on screen, all that good stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. That's it's cool that they did the re release of it. I, I guess that ties in very well with the new Final Fantasy Rebirth release and everything. So. Six
1: days. Six days till we know.
0: <laughs> um,. All right. um, Christina, anything interesting going on with you?
2: Uh, No. (laughs) Well, I, like, uh, did some, like, bar ministry stuff with the sisters uh, and, yeah, have gotten to put on drag makeup a couple days this week. But uh, other than that, no. (laughs) Just real busy.
0: (laughs) Well, it is... uh It is actually getting to the point where you can start to say it's that time of the semester because we're getting to like midterms and everything.
1: I've been trying
2: so hard not to say that. (laughs) No,
1: it's definitely that time of the semester. Ah, I'm only not in that time of the semester because I'm recovering from prelims. Fair,
2: fair.
0: (laughs) So um, let's move on to what we've been playing. And Alicia, have you been playing anything?
1: I have. So I've been staying on top of Pokemon Go. Um, OJ actually recommended an app to me that's PokeBattler Radar. Raiders? Radar? I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But it's to, fi- it's to connect with folks doing raids all over the world. Oh. So cool. you can get some of, like, right now they're doing the Pokemon Go Sinnoh tour. So they had the three sub-legendaries from Sinnoh, Azelf uxie and mess spirit back in raids mm-hmm. but each of the three of them are region locked so azelf appears in north america and south america i think um uxie is in europe and oceania and mess spirit is in asia i want to say i think that's where they all are but obviously you know i'm a little landlocked <laughs> in <laughs> illinois <laughs> But I was able to get in a raid to get Mess Spirit with that. So that was pretty cool. Uh, never managed to find an Uxie one. So that is a bummer. But keeping my eyes open for next time. Um, so yeah, staying on top of that. And then I finally got to start playing Super Mario Wonder after buying it a couple <laughs> weeks ago as a post-prelims present. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not super far into it right now. I beat World 1. And then had to stop and be like, "It is eleven a.m. and I'm still in my pajamas, and I we record at noon." So,
0: oh. <laughs> so you mean this morning you were I, doing this?
1: A little, a little bit last night, mostly this morning. Okay.
2: Uh, I was like, "There's nothing wrong with being in your pajamas at eleven a.m." Whoa, whoa,
1: whoa! <laughs> there is when you have to be somewhere at noon. Okay,
2: fair. fair.
1: And you're gonna be here until eight p.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I'm having a lot of fun. I. I can't decide if I hate the talking flowers or not because they're kind of annoying sometimes.
0: <laughs> so I had the same reaction, but he won me over. Okay. He he won me over as I played more of the game. Okay. He like I think he becomes more uh, more charming as the game goes along. <laughs> okay,
1: that's good because right now I'm just a little bit like. It's weird to hear talking in a Mario game. Right. I'm yeah. so. It's so bizarre.
0: It, it definitely is. It's weird to have voiced characters yeah. who aren't just going,
1: woohoo, and yeah. everything. It's like that moment in Kirby and the Forgotten Land when you get to the lab and you start hearing an actual human voiceover and you're like, what? <laughs> in my Kirby game?
0: I'm in like, a Nintendo game, just in general. True. Right? Like, it's kind of weird.
1: But I, I am having fun with it and I'm really enjoying the online play and how you're able to like interact with other people. And, you know, Mm -hmm. when you die, go get revived and that that's really making it a lot of fun too. So.
0: Yeah. um, That's cool. I'm glad you're enjoying it so far. That game. I think if you're playing it, you know, not constantly, it'll last you a while to, Mm -hmm. because there's a lot Mm -hmm. of stuff to find lots of hidden things in there as well.
1: I know there was part of me that was like, Oh, I want to, beat every level 100% before I move on to the next one. Then I was like, Alicia, that's just not your play style. Just play <laughs> through the game and then go back and play the levels to get the things you missed.
0: <laughs> right, yeah. Um, Alright, is that it?
1: Yep, that's been it for me. i said pretty busy with GPSC and Kleino stuff too, but...
0: Um, Christina, how about you?
2: Uh, yeah, so it's mainly been a week of anxiety games and watching more than playing, um, but I've been watching, uh, like I said last time, the, the new DVD character was released, or characters rather.
0: That's Dead by Daylight.
2: Yes, Dead by Daylight. Sorry.
0: <laughs> no, it's okay. I just, for people listening, I, yes. <laughs> I want to make sure they know. Dead by
2: Daylight, not DVDs. Um,
1: <laughs> like I hear every time. <laughs> right,
2: right. Uh, maybe if I just
1: enunciated a better note. No, um, it's just my brain filling in <laughs> because I don't play horror games, so I know fair. nothing with acronyms fair. of that. <laughs>
2: So, um, like I said last time, they released a new survivor, a new killer, a new map, and um, the survi- all of it was original material, uh, so stuff that came from behavior. Um, the new survivor is a goth girl, and the entire community has gone wild. <laughs> Her name is Sable. And they
0: know who their fans exactly. are. Exactly.
2: Yeah. And she- honestly, she's She's amazing I love it I am so fan base. Um, uh, her name is Sable and she's actually friends with one of the other original characters that has been introduced nice. like this character disappeared and it's her friend Michaela and so she went looking for her and in the process of looking for her also disappeared. So it's like a, it's it's really cool how they've they've connected those two things together. Um, the killer is probably the creepiest one that they've added, um, and it's called The Unknown. They're, they did a really good job of, like, filling in lore, but also keeping it unknown. So, like, the, every character is usually released with some extended lore. Um, this was from the perspective of somebody writing their thesis on urban legends, so it's like we get the lore around the lore. So we still don't know exactly what this dude is. Um, he is, a, again, uncanny valley. His body is twisted in weird ways. He has this creepy, like creepy pasta smile on his face. And it's just, it is so frightening. <laughs> um, and then the, the map is really cool. So I've been watching. What the- is
0: the map? I mean
2: oh so so the map is there are different places that you essentially get sent to in order to perform the trial so sure the,
0: but i mean what's this new Oh bio?
2: gotcha uh so it is the part of the city in which Sable and Michaela lived in so it's like green Or or something like that, Um, and in particular, Michaela and Sable were big fans of a movie theater. So part of the map includes like a little bitty movie theater, which is really cool. That's neat, right? Um, And it's like on the edge of a forest, Um, and so there's like some really cool uh, city like aspects, and by that I mean like the movie theater and like a road and a and a car, Uh, and then like some some forest elements. So it blends a couple of The map elements that we've seen before, but, like, in really cool ways. If Um, you go
0: into the theater, can you go in it? Yep. Is is there something playing on the screen? Uh, Yep.
2: Uh, Well, it's, like, a yeah, it's, like, messed up, but yes. And um, it's really cool, too, because, like, in one of the people that I was watching, Sable gets behind the counter, and the killer, like, points to things in the weird way that you can do it in dead by daylight so sable goes and like points to the and so they like did it like sable was getting in popcorn or something <laughs> that's great um, uh, and it just it
0: Oh, some milk duds exactly
2: <laughs> well and it's uh, that's one of the things i love about this game is that there's you can head nod you can point in like uh what's what is this gesture called I'm uh, I'm doing it. like come here gesture come hither come hither gesture uh, <laughs> I'm like doing it thinking you can see and so um, <laughs> uh, and so it's just interesting the way in which people can communicate through the game like early version iterations of the game where if you were on a hook and you like did your hands up and down on the hook the killer was around you and so that signified to other players to just go on about your business and Mm -hmm. when they stop you can go save them obviously that shifted um so like the 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 communication within the game itself has always just been really interesting to me um but that's really creepy uh (laughs) the other thing I've been watching Bellatro which is insane um (laughs) i i watched this one guy who was like i'm on hour five of an endless run and i was like dude my dude what hour five uh (laughs) on level like 56 has had like 1.14 e like to the uh, 56th power i don't know holy moly it is ridiculous like his 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 deck was basically all king of hearts that were in various uh, degrees of elevation, um, it's it's a really cool game. It hurts my brain, but it's a cool <laughs> game. Um,
0: actually, playing it is less math than it. I think it looks <laughs> like from the outside, yeah. Because when you're actually playing it, I mean, you do need to think about okay, what will actually multiply my score mm-hmm. more. But it's a lot less of actually calculating that in your head while you're
2: doing that yes and like i figured that out pretty quickly when i realized that some of the streamers were just like "Ah, i hope this gets me there (laughs) (laughs) um and uh the other thing that i realized i was like oh i'm catching on to this better than i thought because there was one streamer that i was watching that was basically building a pairs build which means that all of the um, elevations, all the jokers that they had, like, favored playing pairs as mm-hmm. a hand, mm-hmm. and, but then kept playing flushes. And I was like, my dude, like, you, you, it's gonna, it's taking you twice as long, which means you're making half as much money. Like, it just, it was a lot. And I was like, okay, I'm catching on to this better than I, I thought I was. Um, but that's real cool. Uh, and then the final one that I've been watching is one called Papers, Please.
1: Oh yeah! yeah. Have
2: you all seen that? I mm-hmm. had never seen it before, and so it it start. I've, I passed out playing uh, watching Bellatro, and when I woke up, this game was on, and I was like, "What <laughs> is this?" And so I rewound it and watched watch the whole thing. So uh, that was that was really cool. Um, and so I saw two different endings
1: with with that game. But um, if, Jack Septicai has a pretty good run of it on ooh, YouTube. And I like him. Yeah. Easy Speezy on YouTube mm. and on Twitch, but I mostly his YouTube videos. He mm. he has a speed run of all the endings.
2: Oh, I need to watch that one because I've been watching. That's such th-
0: a weird idea of speed running papers, please.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's it's really difficult. I've been watching Insim do it, who's mostly known for uh, Phasmophobia um, and Mortuary Assistant, which is another game I'll talk about on in oh, here sometime. Gosh. Mortuary yeah. Assistant.
1: Ooh. I I I just saw that. It, the thumbnail of Jacksepticeye's playthrough and was like, nope.
2: It, I, I've, that's one that I've like played and I have done one run through and, and probably will not play again because it is terrifying. But anyway, uh, so I will, I'll check out the speed run of the endings, but it's, I don't know. It was just really fascinating. Uh, it, it, I had the concept of it. I don't know. It was just really cool to me.
0: Yeah, Papers, Please was a, a big game when it came out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how long it's been. No, I think like 10... twenty
2: nineteen is maybe when it came out. Maybe.
0: Well, I think it's a little older than that because mm-hmm. I think when I was still at my last job, that game had already come out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's a cool game. Like for people listening, if they've never played that game, and it's pretty cheap to pick up. Like I feel like that's a game you can get for less than $10 Oh, it was
2: 2013 be. yeah so he had a, he had played it in 2019 yeah it's it's a really cool game and there's like I said various endings you can either do it completely by the book and have one ending or right. you can let people into the country so essentially like yeah it's one of those where you are someone who is uh kind of like border patrol like the check station and you are checking passports and entry of of Individuals, basically, um, they're yeah. It's it it's really cool.
0: But like the it's one of those games that has a political message to it mm-hmm. because I mean part of the point of that game is that look how hard this actually is to do because yeah. people yeah. are like well just don't let the terrorist in and it's like well the terrorists no. don't wear a sign that says hi I'm a terrorist <laughs> like and so yeah. I mean it's making a, a a very I feel like it's one of those games not like it was the first cause games go back to the seventies and eighties doing this, but like in this sort of modern, uh, everything is on steam age where it was one of the first games to really kind of show like, Hey, you can make a, a game and it'll break out and it'll have a political message. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like people will latch onto that. And For th- sure. the fact that they're still playing, and yeah, <laughs> streaming yeah. this game a decade later yeah. says yeah. a lot.
2: Absolutely. And like, uh, yeah, the, the first level is just basically you let everyone who's from this nation that you're from in, like with their passports, you deny everybody else. And then, yeah, every level gets a little more complicated where you have to look at their entry tickets to make sure that the date's correct. You have to make sure their picture matches their passport. Mm-hmm. Then you get at some point you get a list of criminals. And so if any of them tried to come in, you have to stop. And it's just um each time you let less and less people in because you have a longer list of things you have to check for. Mm-hmm. And you you know, a shift, of course it's not exactly eight hours in real life, but it's eight hours in the game yeah um and the the more you have to check the more time it takes for each person so it's 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 super fascinating uh yeah
0: yeah um is that it yes Mm -hmm. all right um well i played a few different things this week um so why don't I just start with Bellatro because mm-hmm. you've already brought that up and everything? So Bellatro actually fully released this week. Um, I did purchase Bellatro and <laughs> started playing it. It is insanely addictive. It is
2: <laughs> like even watching it. Yeah.
0: It's um, and it's one of those great games where like you know we talk about it often here. It's a podcast game. You can be doing watching or listening to something else while you're playing it. In fact, I think that's the best way probably yes. to play it. Yes. And, um, you know, and it's, I think it's really simple to pick up and learn too. I, I think mm-hmm. if you watch like a few, just a couple minutes of it, it may look overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Like what is going on? How do you know what all this does? But it's actually really easy to get started in that game.
1: Is that true for someone who's never played a game of poker in their life? Um, yeah. I mean, I okay. think the
0: the biggest challenge for somebody who's never played poker. Is learning the hands yeah, maybe? Yeah, learning the hands. Okay. Like learning, like. You know, what a um, a full house or a flush
1: or.
2: But even then, it yeah. has like a cheat sheet for yeah, you where does. you can, yeah. Uh, yeah, scroll or like hover over that and it, it tells you. So, yeah, yeah. Cause I'm
1: like, I've never played poker in my life. I've played, but I've played cribbage forever. So I'm like, a lot of the things are like yeah. related where yeah. I'm like, okay, that's what it is in I th- comparison. But
0: I, th- <laughs> I think you would not have a lot of trouble picking up and learning it. Cause I mean, a lot of it is really just like, hey, I can make two pairs here or I can make you know, three of a kind and uh, a pair. And so that's a full house. And, you know, okay. like you can pick that up pretty quickly. For sure. Okay, It's easier probably if you have a background in poker, like having <laughs> no. played, but, you know, I'm not one of those people who spends like hours on end, like online playing poker or something. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but I did learn it playing as a kid growing up. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, Bellatro is just, it, So, like, you can beat the game, and it's not that hard to, like, win Mm -hmm. a a run at it. But what becomes really fascinating is, yes, what what you talked about, Christina, with, like, these endless runs, right? Mm -hmm. And so once you beat it, you can say, I just want to continue. I want to do an endless run. And then you're, like, figuring out, okay, well, what is the way to, like, really uh, build up my deck, with these jokers right and then you're also not just building out with the jokers you have the planets which will uh, Mm -hmm. increase how much you get for two of a kind or the different hands Mm -hmm. and then you also have the tarot cards which you can alter uh, like a particular hand or alter your cards going forward and you can draw particular cards there's just so many different things going on but the thing that i think. The game does really well is it does a tutorial at the beginning and kind of explains everything to you and then as you progress it introduces these new systems but like you can start off playing those systems really simply Mm -hmm. and then as you get better you start to learn the depth of them Mm -hmm. so you start to learn things like oh well as, as christina was saying this guy's building up a pair and how much of a value a pair gets and like Oh well, that's the way to get a really high score. Like you can beat the early levels not doing that, yep. but the later levels you really have to build that up. And so, yep. just a four x multiplier is not enough. You need to build up that times one, you know, two point four multiplier. Yep, and build that up over time. And so that's deciding how you spend your money and everything. And it just becomes a really interesting game,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and a game that you can replay a lot absolutely so i've already won several runs but like i just keep going back to it because i want to see what the new jokers are and i want to figure out new ways to like build that up
2: because you also get like different decks like the deck you start off with gives you an extra discard um certain decks give you extra hands certain decks give you extra like coins stuff like that and like there's different advantages to and disadvantages, honestly, to to different decks that you can choose. So it's like almost every part of the game is just like figuring out how you can tweak it to, to best min max your way to uh, uh, these huge scores.
0: Right, but like all of that comes with time. Like yes. you can sit down and start having fun with the game, not knowing any of that, mm-hmm. and you'll just learn it as you go through. And the game is still fun without knowing that. Absolutely. And so, um. M- you know, I think that's the key to for me with card games, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, card video games. Let's say <laughs> um, <laughs> is like I want it to be simple enough I can sit down, and start having fun right away. I don't want to have to go like take a college course in <laughs> Magic the Gathering to have yeah. any clue what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that's too high of a learning curve for me. And I think games like this, games like Marvel Snap, have that very nice learning curve where it's an easy on-ramp and then the more you play it the more you get out of it by Mm -hmm. learning the intricacies Mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean you know it it was on sale. i think it still is on sale on uh, steam this week i guess for its uh first week of release i would tell people that's a game if you Mm -hmm. just want something kind of cheap i think it was maybe ten dollars or eleven dollars uh with discount um if you want something kind of cheap that you will Get hours of enjoyment out mm-hmm. of Bellatro is a great game,
2: but be ready for the addiction. <laughs> yeah,
0: it is a game you set down. You're like, I'll just play this for 20 oh, minutes, no. and then two hours later, yep. you're still playing it. Yep, um, it, it you know, it's got that. I always reference it as the Civilization uh, addiction. <laughs> that game is one where you sit down to play for 20 minutes and it's like five hours later. Uh Yep. (laughs) Um, So Bellatro, big thumbs up, big recommendation. I played the demo for a game called Children of the Sun. This was one of the demos as part of the Steam Next Fest. Um, Children of the Sun is a sniper game where you are on the outside of an environment, so like kind of up on a hill overlooking it and you have a sniper rifle and you kind of can move left or right um, along a um, let's say about 180 degrees on one side of the environment and you can pick where you want to shoot from you aim you shoot and when that bullet hits a object you can then from there redirect it where you want so If you ever saw the movie Want It with Angelina Jolie, where they were like bending bullets in midair, air uh, I think it's based on a comic book, graphic novel. Um, but anyways, this is basically that. So like it ends up being more of a puzzle game. Like you're going to think like, oh, it's a shooter, but it's not really a shooter. It's a puzzle game because you shoot the first person then you have to get the bullet to the next person and then you have to get to the next person. And so there might be six people in this environment and how can you hit all of them with this single bullet? And so you're kind of like trying to make it like ricochet around Mm -hmm. the environment. And so it starts off really easy with a big wide open environment. Pretty soon there's like buildings in the way. So you're having Mm -hmm. to shoot through windows and then you get the ability where you can curve the bullet. So after you, um, it hits something you can like make it curve a little bit hmm. as it goes to its next destination.
1: I'm a bad person for this. Is the final level JFK? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, you are a bad person. For this. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: and and just as a disclaimer, I I just looked it up. The aesthetic will nowhere put you near JFK. Uh, it, it looks like a very pretty game, uh, and and not real.
1: Yeah, it, it's, it's
0: it's definitely um, it, it's definitely like got a, a an aesthetic to it, right? Like yeah. it's, it's got a look to it that is not grounded in reality. Um, no, I don't know, Alicia. I, I've only played the demo. I haven't gotten to the end of the game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was not the question I was expecting
1: same <laughs> same.
0: <laughs> so I mean maybe um, if it was the if it was the uh, pyre wash simulator makers oh, absolutely no, 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 no. that is exactly what oh, they no. would make this the
1: final level <laughs> I, I, I I think this
2: is too soon. I don't know. I don't know. uh <laughs> was killed when
1: my mother was an infant. <laughs> Shh, sh, sh, sh. It was a national tragedy.
0: <laughs> sixty years is too soon.
1: <laughs> Seventy. It was 1963. <laughs> yeah,
0: th- that would be sixty years. Twenty twenty.
1: Oh yeah. I just Stop. did prelims this week. My brain's still <laughs> fine. Stop trying to add on decades. <laughs> um,
0: but anyway, so it, like one of the things that you can do, so like there will be vehicles and you can actually target the gas tank. Mm. And so like you can shoot the gas tank and take out people with the explosion from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when things explode, it's hard to see where the next person is mm, because the fire is like distorting <laughs> it and everything. Um, it's a cool, it's a cool demo. Like, I don't know how the full final game will be. I don't know if I'll still be as into it when mm. I play the final game. Uh, but the demo of it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a whole lot of fun and it's worth checking out if you have any interest, in that uh, and again it's much more of a puzzle game than a shooter mm-hmm. um let's see the last game that i played this week is arzette the jewel of faramore all right um people listening um are you familiar with the cdi zelda games <laughs> So um, the Wand of Gamelon and oh. um, the Eye of something. What's the second one? I
1: forget uh, the name. I don't know. But the uh, CDI Zelda games. Just what a what what a what an existence.
0: So <laughs> we have seen a a trailer of this previously. I think we mentioned this game like last year sometime because it it premiered in a trailer um, at one of these events. I forget what it was. But anyways, Arzette is a game in the style of the cdi zelda games so for those who don't know who may be listening
1: please look them up yeah. in the
0: 90s panasonic put out a game system called the cdi the cd interactive uh, they actually sold it via late night infomercials <laughs> and i mean they did that, like, oh my as a gosh. kid i watched this infomercial because i would because you're a kid and you're an idiot, <laughs> but it was also about a video game system. So it was really like, hey, what if we made this system that was uh, something to put in the living room under the television, right? And it's going to be, um, it's going to have like informational things, like in you know CD encyclopedias on it, but it's also going to have some games. There's a whole backstory about why Zelda ends up on here because Nintendo backed out their deal with Panasonic to make a CD attachment for the Super Nintendo. And so Panasonic had the rights to, uh, or I keep saying Panasonic, I mean Philips, sorry, Philips CDI. Um, Philips had the right to, uh, from that, to make some games using Nintendo properties. So they actually made uh, three games. Only two of those, I think, were ever released, the Mario game and the Zelda game. There was a second Zelda game that never got released.
1: The Zelda CDI games make the, excuse me, princess, look like Tears of the Kingdom.
0: (laughs) Right. So these games have reached a level of infamy because they're so terrible looking and they're so bad at playing and everything. They're just terrible games. They're like easily the worst Zelda games of the entire Zelda franchise and by a mile, really. But anything that is related to nintendo and particularly anything that's like so bad is going to build some sort of fandom behind uh-huh. it there
1: there, uh, is, there is a level like when you when you watch the right people playing like point crow played one of the played the zelda cdi games and was and just like watching how bad it is for him becomes so bad it's good <laughs> yeah so i mean it's it still is still entertaining basically
0: yeah. Think of this like, um, think of it like bad movies that become sort of like cult favorites, mm-hmm. like Manos, the Hand of Fate and Sharknado. Those, <laughs> right, like those sorts of movies that people, we're going to all get together and watch this and make fun of it, mm-hmm. right? So people have done this with these games, which has built a level of, um, I, I guess, affinity for these games. So the studio said, "Hey, we're going to make a game in the style of those." So
1: that is absolutely delightful.
0: A big attraction of those games was they had full motion video, uh, animated segments of Zelda and Link and the characters in there, and the animation is bizarre. Uh huh. It is. Um, Lots of zooms in and out on the characters and lots of movement. Like their hands are constantly moving <laughs> and there's like a, a sort of jitteriness to yeah. the lines. Like they're, um, if you've ever seen Dr. Katz. Dr.
2: Katz th- or Super Jail or Home, home Movies. movies. Yeah. yeah, like
0: any of those sorts of shows are sort of done in this similar animation style but not as crazy and extreme (laughs) (laughs) as those Zelda games were so this team set out to make a game in the style of that that's a terrible idea on the surface right like on the surface that's a horrible idea these are bad games like and no matter what anyone thinks, making an intentionally bad game is never as funny or cool as people seem to think it's going to be. <laughs> people do yeah. this every few years, we get an attempt at this. We're going to make a really stupid game, and it's going to be real funny because of how bad and dumb it is. And it's like, no, it's just a bad game.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Right? Like, it's sort of like when they try to make an intentionally bad movie, and yeah. you're like, yeah. oh no, like, movies it are
1: very rarely works.
0: Yeah, movies are entertaining. Like, you know, the room, like when people are trying to make something good, like in their mind, they're making something uh-huh. good. And then it just goes hilariously off the <laughs> you know rails.
1: See cats.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, right. Like cats would not, <laughs> I, I don't know if cats is entertaining to people.
1: But uh, like, <laughs> uh,
2: no, I cannot. <laughs> um, I cannot.
0: <laughs> but right. Like the people behind cats were being a hundred percent sincere in uh-huh. making that movie. They thought they were making something good. Um, yeah. And so.
2: <laughs> sorry, I was thinking about cats.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you weren't thinking of their, their butts, were you?
1: Because well, uh, they no, edited now those. I am. Because <laughs> <laughs> they th- didn't have them. <laughs>
2: I was thinking of their hands
1: oh. and just how
2: creepy. I don't know. Okay,
1: sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Taylor Swift is in that movie. How bizarre is that? Taylor Swift was now? ecstatic
1: to be in that movie. <laughs> I remember I mean, watching her on the Graham Norton show saying how they had like cat training oh my and God. she only had to be there for like a week and she went the full time <laughs> look i mean <laughs> because my, she's amazing
0: <laughs> my <laughs> my thing is most of the time when people are making a movie they have no idea if that movie is actually good or bad yeah like mm-hmm. if you listen to actors they'll tell you and it'll be actors like who are in one of the greatest films ever made and they'll be like yeah, we had no idea. Yeah, we had no idea if this was any good or not while we were in the process of making it. So it's making a crapshoot. Because
1: when so, they were filming the wedding scene in the Godfather, all of them were sitting around saying, "This is going to be the worst movie yep. ever made." Well, because so <laughs> yeah. much of it
2: relies in like post production, right. like yeah. where how how the film gets put together, the various things that gets put on top of film with sound and stuff like that 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 helped tell the story. <laughs> so. Yeah. So
0: the same is is true of video games often, right? Mm -hmm. Like sometimes you hear people who will say, yeah, like by the end of this game, we realized this is a dog. But like a lot of times they don't know that until the last few months of development (laughs) because games don't really come together to the last few months. So Mm -hmm. when people ask how, why did they even make this game? Didn't they know this game was terrible? It's like, well, they probably knew, but it was too late by then, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Like it was ready to be released by the time they realized it wasn't working for whatever reason. Um, so anyways, R Z is trying to do a new game in that style, and it is an amazing production in how fast, um, how Faithful they are to that original game <laughs> mm-hmm. so they do amazing stuff with this game in staying faithful to those zelda games so first of all they copy the animation and the animation is fairly spot on mm-hmm. like they get the look of the animation right and like that could have been the entire joke right our cutscenes are going to be in the style of that animation. That animation is so distinct and particularly in video games, so directly linked to pun. um, (laughs) So directly linked to those games that you could have just done that. And that would have been the end of the joke, but they go beyond that. So like the levels are designed like the levels in those games, including the fact that they have these like painted backgrounds that sometimes are there's a ledge that you can jump on, but you don't know because you're like, that just looks like a background. (laughs) (laughs) And that was part of those Zelda games. Uh Like you never knew, like, is that something I can stand on or not? And they do that in this game remarkably well, where you're just like, I don't know. Like, can I jump onto that? Is that a hole? Am I going to fall (laughs) if I jump onto that? And they like manage that extremely well in this game of copying the look of that. Then they um, the voice acting everything's voice acted. Obviously the the animated segments, but like even when you talk to a character within a level, that's animated and um, and like kind of superimposed over the level itself. And the characters are all voice acted, and the voice acting is so it's not intentionally terrible, but it's (laughs) it's it's intentionally like just bizarre enough to fit in with the way uh, CD games were of that era where it's like you weren't going out and hiring the professional voice actors that games get today. Right? So like today people are so spoiled because every video game generally has good voice acting today because you're actually hiring real professional voice actors to come in and do this. So even if the dialogue is terrible and clunky, (laughs) they're delivering it well at least. (laughs) And, um, but you know, back in the '90s, when they first started doing CD-based games, it was like
1: you got hey. your neighbor Fred, right, or
0: Bob from accounting at the <laughs> you know at the studio. So you'd get Bob in and be like, "Hey, we need somebody to voice act and here, read some of these lines." You know, get Susan from who's the administrative assistant. Get her in here, and have her record some lines. And so they do this extremely well in this game with like characters that just. You know, sound like they're trying to do bad impersonations of like. <laughs> the, so there's a character that sounds like it's Bobcat Goldflete, like the actor, like <laughs> most people know from, uh, I guess, Police Academy, maybe. Um, and like he sounds like he's trying to do an impression of, of that actor, and you're like, yeah, that's that's the way voice acting sounded at that time. Yeah. And um, there's like weird mixing. Of when you have two characters like talking to each other, where a character will be talking and then it sort of, it sort of just drowns out their voice at the end of their line, so that it can like fade in the next line <laughs> of the other character.
1: Oh my gosh, this is a love letter. Game. It, it is, yeah. Aww. This is a love letter,
0: and and that's what makes it amazing. Because mm-hmm. if they were just making fun of it, it would not actually be good. But the fact that they care to get the style of that era mm. right. Yeah. And like everything from like obviously the animation, but to the way the levels are designed to the way that the voice acting is mixed together. Like this is a real sort of love letter to it. And mm-hmm. so they got it right in that they're not making fun of it, but they're actually like said ser- more paying homage to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that they do extremely right is they actually make it better than those (laughs) games so like the other thing they could have done wrong is make it play like garbage yeah Mm -hmm. right and so it could have played entirely like garbage and you would have played like a level or two and been like okay this is horrible why would i even bother playing this i'm not gonna say this is a great platformer (laughs) or a great action game but it's not terrible. Mm-hmm. Like it mm-hmm. feels competent at that 16 bit level of here's, a, you know, a side scrolling action game and everything. And there's some neat things with like, okay, you gain an ability later. So you have to go back to this level and there's some new areas mm-hmm. that have mm-hmm. opened up. You can go through this wall. You couldn't earlier. So there's a bit of that, you know, very light Metroidvania design mm-hmm. uh, to it and everything. So you have this entirely different, terrible original game that if it wasn't Zelda probably would have been forgotten long ago. Like there's similarly terrible games from that era that nobody talks about. There's others, there's worse games on the CDI than those Zelda games,
1: but (laughs) But because it's Zelda,
0: yeah, because it's Zelda. That's the one people talk about. Remember. Mm -hmm. And to go back and make a new game in that style and make it actually better while still retaining the what's charming Mm -hmm. about those Mm -hmm. games is an insane challenge, an insane idea to, like, even have in the first place and yeah. be like, we're going to do this, and they do it. They pull it off, and it's actually worth playing.
2: Because I can imagine them trying to pitch this to people and people going, why? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why?"
0: Yeah, I mean, it is the sort of thing, like – if this was not an indie studio doing this, right? Like you, nobody at EA is going to do this. Right. Yeah. Um, right. You could not get this through a meeting at EA, a pitch meeting, right? Yeah. Like you're absolutely right, Christina. Like nobody would ever mm-hmm. fund this game, and yet people will because they're like, "Ha, oh, this will be a good laugh," and what they end up with is something that's actually like kind of cool.
1: <laughs> and it's, la- it's laughing with, and it's a love letter mm-hmm. that I. Darn it now, I want to play this game. <laughs> well, you know,
0: playing it, I kept thinking this is this is the Rocky Horror picture show. Oh,
1: Rocky
2: yeah. Horror Games. is what I was thinking of with all of this, yeah. Because
0: Rocky Horror is a tongue in cheek um, homage to those like bad old science fiction movies, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And the thing that Rocky Horror gets right is that yeah, it's sort of it's sort of making fun of them but it's also sort of like trying to make a good one of those Mm -hmm. at the same time. And, you know, like, if if nothing else, like, you kind of have to go, like, well, the music's good in Rocky Horror. Like, even if you don't like anything else about it, the Mm -hmm. music's pretty fun.
1: Good luck ever watching it and not walking out singing the Time Warp. Fair.
0: (laughs) Right, yeah. And, I mean, that's the reason that has persisted. If if Rocky Horror was just terrible and stupid... People would still not be going to midnight showings you yeah. Know, yeah. some, what, 50 years later, 40 years I, later?
1: I went this year.
0: Did yeah. you do the one mm-hmm. at Marion?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would have gone this year, but I was in Chicago with my sister. <laughs> but it but it is tradition now that my friends uh-huh. and I go to the one in Marion yep, it's on so Halloween. Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, it, it's just a really cool game. It is... Um, The amount of detail, the amount of effort they went to to get it right is pretty amazing. Oh, so this is a small spoiler, but like one of the there are like little bonus levels occasionally that you'll find as you go through the levels and you'll go into them. The first bonus level that I found in the game is um, a recreation of the Hotel Mario where you're going on different <laughs> floors and having to shut all the doors and you <laughs> go into an elevator and go up to the next floor and you have to shut all the doors there. <laughs> so, like, even including that, right? Yeah. Oh, like is,
1: delightful. They
0: know what they're doing. Yeah. Mm, I like, love that. This was made by people. This is the sort of thing, I, so, like, I don't mean this negatively, but, like, you would sometimes have 18-year-olds going, Oh, this'd be really funny if we did this and we would all make fun of this and ha ha, ha. And this is more like people who are older and talented <laughs> and who are going, Yeah, we could do that, but like it's a one note joke.
1: Yeah. Like you
0: see it and then that's the end of it. But if we actually do this more homage, we might actually make something that people care about.
1: Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And so I think that seems to be – that was my reaction. I think that's the reaction other people are going to have to this mm-hmm. and what I've seen of some people I've read um, is, oh, this is actually, like, cool that they mm-hmm. did this.
1: Yeah.
0: And, like, this is not the joke that we were expecting it to be, mm-hmm. and that actually makes it much better.
1: Right, right. Mm-hmm.
2: And it's
0: still, like, tongue firmly in cheek, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It still knows what it's doing. Yeah. Um. So that's our Z. That's a cool game. Uh, That's worth checking out. I can't believe I'm saying that. (laughs) But, like, I think what I'd be really interested in is if you had never seen those CDI games, if you played this game, (laughs) how would you react to it?
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Because with no context, it would be a bizarre experience because it feels like a game out of nowhere, like Mm -hmm. a game lost that... Because you don't even go back and look at games now that look like those Zelda games. Right, right. Right, It's not even
1: like when the Garbage Pail Kids did the... Yeah, the NES-style game. Yeah, the NES one. we're like, okay, yeah, we all are familiar with that.
0: And that looked like an NES game, and it played like an NES game, right? Whereas those Zelda CDI games don't look or play like anything else. No,
1: they are just... A, a creature unto themselves. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So this is cool. So check out Arzette. that's a, <laughs> a very cool product out there. Um, all right, let's move on to news. Um, so we finally got that Nintendo partner direct. Uh, that was kind of, <laughs> of exciting after getting delayed potentially a week. Mm-hmm. Um, some news that came out of that we have some games here. I'm just going to run through these. If we want to talk about any of these kind of more in depth, we can, mm-hmm. uh, They showed off a new Endless Ocean game, Endless Ocean Luminous, that uh, includes a 30-player online mode. Mm. Um, If you've never played the Endless Ocean games, the first one was on the Wii, and it is um, there was a sequel that's a little bit different than the original, but the original is very much just, hey, here's underwater, go explore it. Mm. Um, We recreated the ocean, and you're like a scuba diver, go explore it. The second game added some more RPG elements to it. I actually never played the second one, I don't mm-hmm. think. Uh, but the first one was neat at the time. This looks pretty. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, I think the idea of like 30 players exploring underwater at the same time together could be neat. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll see what comes of mm-hmm. that. Um, Shin Megami Tensai Five Vengeance uh, was shown. Epic Mickey Rebrushed. Mm-hmm. So this is a yeah. uh, ground-up remake of the original Epic Mickey that came out on the Wii.
1: This is one of those games. I I wanted Epic Mickey when it was on the Wii, and I never got it. So this is one of those that I'm like, ah, yes. Oh, let, me, <laughs> let me just make Child Alicia happy <laughs> and buy a game that I wanted as a kid. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, so this game... Um, this game includes Oswald the Rabbit, mm-hmm. the uh, original Disney character that uh, Walt Disney lost the rights to.
1: Which I think the original games added him in the second one, but I don't think yes. the original had him in the first Epic Mickey. Uh, I, I think he's mm-hmm. in the first he's one. He's in the first one. Is he? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because
0: I only ever played the first one. I never played mm-hmm. the second one Okay. at the time. Um, and I liked the game. There were some problems with it at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, like. There was some, like, control issues because you're playing it with the Wii, yeah. you know, um, controls. So I'm actually interested to see, like, do they work on the controls mm-hmm. with this? And, you know, now with modern controllers, I would think that this game actually could be a lot better. Yeah. Um, okay. But it was always a cool-looking game and had, like, a cool style to it. Um. Let's see, they announced a Star Wars Battlefront Classics collection. So this is the first two, the original first two Battlefront games, not the modern Battlefront It's. Games. I
1: love that we have to clarify the original, the original first two.
0: So they made a Battlefront 1 and 2, and then they made new Battlefront 1 and 2.
1: This is those just original the games. Wars, just the Star Wars vibe, honestly.
0: Um, this is going to have online multiplayer. They're adding a couple new characters. Kit Fisto, which is like the most insane name for a character. <laughs> Especially when you first hear somebody say it and it sounds like they're saying Kid Fisto. Right? <laughs> and
2: they're like, like, excuse me? <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Like inappropriate much? Uh, so they are adding some new things to this as well, which is uh, neat. I know people, like when I was teaching um, probably, let's say eight years ago, um, these games, my students loved these games, and they had like a religious devotion to them. They thought they were like the most amazing games ever. and and I'm not making fun of that. Like they were just games I never really yeah. played. Um, And I think a lot of people, when they released the new Battlefront games, were disappointed because they didn't play, like, those old games. Um, So there's, like, a lot of sort of pent-up desire for a re-release of Mm. these. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, they released. Uh, they showed off a game, Unicorn Overlord, which has a demo out now. That's just
1: a delightful title. It is. <laughs> it is. I just
2: looked it up because I, I did the same thing, and it. I. It is. It does not look like what I expected it to look like.
0: No, it's a, sort of a fantasy I'll say it uh, looks, strategy game. It right? looks
2: kind
1: of Fire Emblem art style. Oh, yeah.
2: and which is that exactly what it is actually? <laughs> yeah.
0: Which is not the like unicorn farming simulator that yeah. you want.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I was thinking like Cult of the Lamb art style yeah. when I heard the name. I, see, I was thinking then,
2: even cutesier and gayer than that.
1: Because
2: <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's the overlord part that maybe makes you think, oh, it can't be all cutesy, I mean, right?
2: Some gay people are real intense, dude.
1: <laughs>
0: Fair. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they showed off a new trailer for South Park Snow Day. Uh-huh. Um,
2: which is like the best looking South Park game I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. It's not saying much, though.
0: <laughs> it, I mean, it's kind of a third person action game, uh-huh. um, which is a little disappointing because I really like those role playing games that they mm. did. Um, but it, it does look good. You're right. It is probably the best. I don't know. Realistic's not the right term to use with South Park.
1: (laughs) No, no. The closest to the show?
2: No, it's actually probably the furthest from the show. Yeah. But that's not, again, that's not a bad thing. (laughs) Because the show is made from what, like, originally uh, construction paper. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean, those role-playing games actually capture very much the look of the show. Yes. They're pretty much spot on. Uh This has a slightly more... um, Pixar, maybe, look. Yeah, is the way. Like, sure. What have you made South Park Pixar with Pixar?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, they showed off a new Monkey Ball game, Super Monkey Ball Banana Rumble, which is going to have a 16-player online mode, Ooh. which is, like, neat. Uh, that last Super Monkey Ball, which was a remake of, like, the first two games, um, which is a very good game. Um, this one um, is adding online multiplayer, which I don't think that last game had. They show off a trailer for World of Goo 2,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, a game called Another Crab's Treasure.
2: Which I'm looking at right now. The, 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 the aesthetic of it is very interesting.
0: So <laughs> it has a very sort of like cutesy um, art style to it. Um, and when you first see it, you think, oh, this is going to be like a children's game. But then it is described by them in the trailer as a Souls-like so, like, Dark Souls-style combat
1: yeah. to the game. But with this
0: very sort of cutesy aesthetic of underwater creatures, yeah. like, because you were playing a crab.
2: Yeah. I'm so cute. Look at that. Look at that. He's, got, <laughs> that is... he's got a little crab for it. Yeah, so
0: you um, your shell, you collect different shells, and they provide you different abilities. Oh, so, okay. like, that's the caveat to the game and everything. Um, and it looks it looks cool. Um, yeah. I'm not ex- super excited about the Souls-like combat. But
2: <laughs> it's like Nintendo does Souls-like. <laughs> well,
0: it's, it's not made by Nintendo, but yeah. I mean, it is <laughs> like Nintendo aesthetic yeah. on a Souls-like. Yeah. Um, let's see. They also showed off Penny's Big Breakaway. This is the new game from the Sonic Mania team. Like. This is my favorite thing. The Sonic Mania team wanted to make another Sonic game, and Sega, in their infinite wisdom, was like, We don't want you. You just made like the best Sonic game (laughs) in years. Um, We don't want you to do this. And so they went off and made this new third person shoot or third person uh, platformer where you uh, have a uh, yo yo and you're like, (laughs) you're controlling it with the right stick and doing different things. There's a demo out for that game. I have not played it yet. But it it looks really cool. It looks fun. Uh, Pepper Grinder, which is um, a a game where you are drilling through different objects and enemies and the environment, um, is a 2D uh, action game. And uh, Pocket pocket Card Jockey Ride On, which is a (laughs) port of, I guess a port and expansion or sequel to the original 3DS game. I think this is actually a port of a game that was released onto Apple Arcade. Mm. Uh, that makes sense. I have but never played Pocket Card Jockey, but the people who play it love it. It is a solitaire based horse mm-hmm. racing game.
2: And there's they're so cute too.
0: <laughs> and you can breed them together. So if you want horse breeding.
1: Yeah. There you go. It's it's the game it's the game for all the horse girls. Oh no! This is <laughs> this is I just what could you know actually something about
0: myself. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, this is uh, the game that you won it when you saw Unicorn Overlord. Yes! <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh my god! Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so no big first party news, but of course they called this a partner direct. So they. Like, we're very much, like, telegraphing that. Like, hey, this is our partners. This is third party. This is not – don't expect any of our franchises at this. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did not get that. Um, lots of people were really upset about this, but I think it's actually – a. I thought it was a pretty good little show. Like, mm-hmm. it showed a yeah. diverse types of games, and uh, there's at least a few of these that, like, I'm really interested in playing. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them I don't care anything about. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I'm that excited for unicorn overlord um, <laughs> but you know pepper grinder and pocket card jockey I think both look really cool Penny's big breakaway another crab's treasure all those like look really cool to me mm-hmm. Epic Mickey I'm kind of interested in I've yeah. played um, that before I'm but,
1: really excited for epic Mickey <laughs>
0: um I you know if I'm interested to see what they change with that game because um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that, that, I think that might bring me back to it. Um, They also, as part of this, showed off the first Xbox games that, you know, Mm. our long national nightmare of what's happening with (laughs) Xbox. Um, So Xbox had said, hey, we're bringing games to other consoles, including PlayStation 5 and Switch. So as part of this, they showed those off. Um, Almost immediately after, Xbox just had to come out and say, okay, here are the games we're (laughs) releasing and for which (laughs) systems. So I kind of separated that. They announced four games. The four games are Pentament, Hi-Fi Rush, Grounded, and Sea of Thieves. Mm -hmm. Pentament is coming to the PS4 and 5 and Switch. That actually has already released on February 22nd, so that's available now. Uh, Hi-Fi Rush is coming to PlayStation 5 on March 19th. Grounded is coming to PS4 and 5 and Switch on April 16th. And Sea of Thieves on PlayStation 5 on April 30th.
1: I'm so sad Hi-Fi Rush isn't coming to Switch. Mm-hmm.
0: That was the rumor that it was, and now it's kind of interesting about, like, why is it not? Um, was it those, were those rumors just wrong, or is that something that needs more time because yeah. they're having to develop an entirely new version, mm-hmm. right? Mm, that would uh, make sense. Or, as some have speculated, is Hi-Fi Rush a Switch 2 game? Uh, and so was that some of the confusion that they're planning to release this could be. whenever the switch Two launches? Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah. Pentament is a really cool game. Hi-Fi rush. is a really cool game. Um, I've never really played much of ground at sea of thieves. I think is neat. I think that's a lot better game than when I played it. Cause I played it when they at launch and yeah. then they've added so much to that game. I think mm-hmm. it's really gotten a lot better. Um, And I think the thing that's really interesting is these games are coming out over the next two months, Mm -hmm. March and into April. And then they're done, which I think lends even more credibility that more games are going to follow these.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, They're like, here's our first step. Right. And there's more steps coming.
0: Let's get these out there. Let's see how the community responds to them. And then maybe we dive more into this. Um. So just some follow-up on what we have been talking the past at least couple of weeks about. So we finally know all of our answers, at least in the short term. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Until the Switch 2 is, like, because I bet that that's why they've only done a couple of months as well, is because they're, again, waiting on, like, Nintendo, when are you going to talk about this? So that we can talk about the games that then will transfer to Switch 2, maybe
0: right so the thing we should note about the switch Two is all the rumors that have come out i think we mentioned this briefly last mm-hmm. week but yeah. all the rumors that have come out since then seem to be backing up is that the switch Two has been delayed to 2025
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah.
0: and it will probably be sometime spring of 2025. that's kind of shocking i, yeah. I, I thought we'd get a switch Two this year mm-hmm. i don't you know obviously nobody's saying why that delay might have happened um, there's all sorts of reasons that could be. It could be that they're waiting on development of games. It could be that um, it is a um, an issue with getting parts for that mm-hmm, system. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how the supply chain... Obviously, some of those supply chain problems have been fixed because you're getting PlayStation 5s on every store shelf if you want them. Yeah. Um, but it'll be interesting to see um, when we hear actual news. I don't think we'll hear news in early March anymore about... Switch to if it's not coming out this year.
1: No, it'll probably be more summer or even fall.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think we hear anything before summer at the earliest.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I, I I I wanted to mention this trailer. This came out of not attached to anything else. There's this game called Kingmakers, and Kingmakers is this trailer that starts off, and it looks like medieval dudes in knights in armor battling each other and then all of a sudden out of nowhere a pickup truck (laughs) shows up and starts driving through all the knights and then a guy jumps out of the pickup truck with a machine gun like an ak-47 and starts gunning down all these (laughs) knights and and so then you're like okay well that's kind of crazy you're gonna like do the whole like You know, Connecticut and King Arthur's court, except he has a pickup truck and a machine gun. (laughs) But like, then it goes crazier because then it shows you like defending like from the castle turrets with a sniper rifle. So you're taking out knights on the battlefield and everything with a sniper rifle. Then it shows you like actually like playing a bit of a strategy game, like a real time Mm -hmm. strategy game, moving like your troops around, but still with your pickup truck and machine gun. And it's got to be the craziest, but also like one of the coolest trailers that anybody's released in a while. Cause I hadn't heard nothing about this game until this trailer came out and now I'm like actually super interested in yeah. this game.
2: Yeah, again, I'm watching <laughs> as we do. And like, you throw grenades on the battlefield and just see like horses fly in the air. <laughs> like, what is this? Oh my gosh!
0: <laughs> it is these type of stupid thing you can make in a game, and like, people will buy it. Uh-huh. Right? Like, people will buy into this. And the way that this would be a harder sell in a movie. Yeah,
1: yeah. for sure. Right? Like in a movie, I mean, you would have to. Expect- do a, do a better job explaining yeah. why we have knights in armor and pickup trucks in the same space.
0: Well, I mean, we do something like army of darkness, right? Mm. And mm-hmm. like, that's such a hard like tone to get right <laughs> like, yeah. of something like army of darkness. So this is, um, this is a little bit more kind of militaristic, I guess, than army of darkness, but mm. it, it's cool looking. Um, so, I wanted to mention that trailer. Yeah, the, the
2: way that it introduced the truck is it shows you driving down the street in like a big city. And then all of a sudden it flashes you onto that battlefield. And then you start driving through people.
0: <laughs> it's like back to the future. So, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Like,
2: uh-huh.
0: so cool looking, interesting game. We'll see how that comes together. Um, let's see. EA Sports College Football is offering players $600 plus a copy of the game. Uh, under the name, image, and likeness rules, to opt in to their uh, their new football game they're releasing this summer.
1: Wait, wait. Um, when we say players, we mean college football players. Yes. So, okay, I read that as players of the game, and I was so confused. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, why are we g- giving players of the game a six hundred a six hundred dollars plus copy of the game? <laughs> no. So
0: this is um, this is. Football players, college football players from Division I schools um, can have their name, image, and likeness in the game. Uh, EA Sports will pay them $600. That is for everyone, regardless (laughs) of who they are. Um, And they also get a copy of the game. Um,
1: That makes a lot more sense.
0: So, like, just a little bit of background. EA Sports making college sports games because they got sued uh, by players they were not including their names and likenesses but they were including like their number and their statistics mm-hmm. and so players were able to argue in court hey this is they're doing everything but our name they this is making us identifiable um, within the game and so they're essentially using us without our permission.
1: Yeah.
0: And that basically killed college sports games. Since the name, image, and likeness rules came about, EA announced they were going to develop a new college football game. And this is how they're working around that, right? So mm-hmm. players can opt in if they want their name and image in the game. This is the compensation they'll get. Um, if they choose to opt out, I assume that just means that, you know, they'll stick in a generic player.
2: It makes me feel a little weird, but then again, like I think uh, while I would much rather watch a college football game than pro, like college football, like the athletes sometimes are treated like garbage, especially in regards to like compensation with certain things when it comes to like this, like they don't get the proceeds from their jerseys that get sold and oftentimes like their scholarship will cover, you know, just the basics and then they have, but they can't get a job because it's against contract. And it just, I don't know, $600. I mean, again, they're only college players and they can choose to do this, but $600 and a copy of the game, it feels very,
1: I don't know. It's one of those things. It feels like it's not enough. And yet I also look at it and know it's more than they get from a lot mm -hmm. else in their life. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the, the problem, I, I think you're right, Christina, the problem is that they don't, um, they're not allowed to work. So the mm-hmm. issue that you run into with a, col- a lot of college players is, okay, well, I have my tuition, and room, and board paid, yeah. but if I want to go to a movie, yep. how do I have money to go to a movie? I'm not allowed to go do anything. Now, because of the name, image, and likeness rules, players are allowed to, like, get endorsements or to sell, like, um, mm-hmm their image to be on a t-shirt or something. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like Caitlin Clark, uh, the basketball mm-hmm. player at Iowa is uh, apparently making quite a bit of money because mm-hmm. she is the like star yeah. female basketball player at the moment. Um, and, you know, obviously some of the male football players at big schools like Alabama are making quite a killing off of this. Um, but, you know, again, this is, Universal $600. So whether you are the quarterback at Alabama or you are, um, you know, the third string tight end at a, another, at a smaller school, yeah. you're still getting the same $600 from this. Um, I mean, I will say it's better than nothing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and
1: it's, it feels like not enough, but yeah. at the same time, it's better than what they get. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Right, yeah, I mean, and I—I I don't know what enough would be.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Like I, I, I it would be interested to know how much do NFL players get to appear in Madden Football? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's uh, negotiated through the NFL Players Association, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, I'd be interested to know, like, what what sort of cut are they getting to mm-hmm. appear in the game? For sure. And, you know, there's definitely a difference there, and you're, mm-hmm. there's a lot more college players than there are NFL players. Right. Um, but kind of interesting to see that news. Um, let's see. WWE2K24, I feel like we've talked about this the past couple of weeks as news dribbles out. Um, they have released a list of all the wrestlers included in 2K24, and that list excludes Vince McMahon and Brock Lesnar. Uh, they're not on the roster, so you know, we talked about Brock Lesnar was already removed from the cover of the game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it is almost assuredly Brock uh, Brock Lesnar was in this game at some point. They had him on the cover. Mm-hmm. They had his image and everything. You're going to include him in the game and he is not in the listed roster, so it appears he has been uh, excluded from the game. Of course, they have a a wrestler mode in that game. That's always super popular. You can share those online day one. We are definitely going to see a Vince McMahon and Brock Lesnar yeah. yeah. upload it to that creator wrestler. In fact, there will be multiple versions say. Mm-hmm. upload it. Uh, but that has historically been done. I mean, Hulk Hogan was not in these games for several years because of some of his comments. And if you went on the online creator wrestler, there were <laughs> lots of versions of Hulk Hogan. So, um, but this is, you know, this seems like the obvious and smart move to mm-hmm. remove these people who are at the center of all this controversy.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Riot's League of Legends fighting game uh, that they have been working on has had its name officially released. It is 2XKO, <laughs> and it is going to release in 2025. Mm. That's <laughs> at least what they're targeting. Um kind of interesting to see them making a game that this is the team that was making, um, can't think of the name of it, it a robot fighting game that they were, uh, developing. And mm. then, uh, riot bought them and was like, Hey, now you're making a league of legends fighting. Game. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Final fantasy seven rebirth has the second highest scoring, uh, Metacritic score of any game in the series only behind final fantasy nine. Oh, wow. So, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth currently sets at a 93. Final Fantasy IX sets at a 94. Mm. Uh, So, just to put that into context of the entire franchise, (laughs) how this game is doing in uh, early reviews, those just went live, I believe, yesterday. So
1: Yeah. I am so excited.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The early reviews are very glowing of that game. Mm. Um, The major complaint I've read is there are some uh, issues with where the story goes. Um and mm. so, uh, but otherwise, people are pretty amazed at that game. In fact, it's gotten more glowing reviews than I was expecting it to get. I was oh, wow. I, mean, I was expecting it to be good because yeah. that first one's good. But
1: well, and no matter what they do with the story, somebody's going to be upset. So sure, I'm I'm not surprised that some people have been like, oh, I don't like where the story's gone. But
0: yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> uh power world has passed 25 million players in its first month so we've been talking on and off about how popular (laughs) that game is so to put it into a bit of context for you 25 million people have played that game in the first month um that's pretty big for like a little indie game out of nowhere Yeah, yeah
1: that is that is awesome for them i love that
0: Remember, that game is on Xbox uh, Game Pass, so Mm -hmm. part of that 25 million are people who are subscribed to Game Pass and who are checking it out. But still, that's a whole lot of people who are just buying the game outright as well.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Lamasoft, the Jeff Mentor story, uh, releases March 13th. This is the new game from Digital Eclipse and their Gold Master series. This is uh, tracing the career of Jeff Mentor. Uh, Jeff Mentor is like maybe today best known for games like um, Tempest 2000 and uh, Space Giraffe. He made uh, the new uh, Polybius game, kind of playing Mm -hmm. off of that Mm -hmm. classic urban legend in video games. Uh, Jeff Mentor, like he calls his company Lamasoft, because... He, like, actually raises llamas. Mm-hmm. Like, it lives on a farm and raises llamas. That's amazing. And so this is looking at his career, these games. It's going to have a huge collection of mm-hmm. games he's done over the years. It looks and
2: pretty trippy, oh, the, at least some of the pictures of the
1: cover art and stuff. Yeah, so he,
0: his <laughs> games are trippy. Like, his <laughs> games are very much like, hey. And you hear
1: the name Space Giraffe, and you're like, mm, okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and this is going to have some unreleased games that he worked on, or at least one unreleased game that never uh, was working on for a failed system that never got released. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is part of that, you know, Digital Eclipse series. So this is the same people that did the making of Karataka who mm-hmm. did Atari 50. Um, it's going to be presented the same style with a lot of behind-the-scenes interviews and design documents and all of that. Um, it's, you know... They just put Karatika out in the fall. And so yeah. now here we are beginning of March and they're putting out another one of these. So they're churning these out at a pretty good pace,
1: mm-hmm. which is
0: really cool. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh,
1: well, especially cause I remember we, we were a little worried when they got bought out.
0: Yeah. Atari bought them.
1: Yeah. But like, it's, it's good to see that they're still, like you said, able, able to churn out high quality video game history.
0: Yeah, and they're doing it at a level and in a way that nobody else is. Yeah. I mean, they their products stand head and shoulders above other companies. To the point where you go, Well, yeah, like I want I want Nintendo to work with them. I want Nintendo yeah. to let them put out a Mario collection mm, or
1: yeah.
0: put mm-hmm. out, you know, Nintendo arcade collection with Donkey Kong oh, and, yeah, and yeah. Popeye and Radar Scope and those sorts of games. Mm-hmm. Um, that's never going to happen.
2: No. <laughs> but it would be really
0: cool if they would allow that. Um, but maybe other companies could, like Capcom and Konami, like those sorts yeah. of companies. Konami's worked with them. They, Digital Eclipse is the same team that put out the uh, Ninja Turtles Bunga collection.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 with
0: yeah. all the old NES, Super Nintendo, and arcade Ninja Turtle games. Um, and that's a really cool collection, too, though mm-hmm. it doesn't have as much behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, let's see. Uh, Netflix has ordered more episodes of the Pokemon concierge stop motion series. So I think that first (laughs) season was 10 episodes. So they've ordered some more episodes. Have you
1: watched it? I have not watched it yet, but my friends did. And they were like, it is exactly the cozy thing that we need right now. (laughs) Like, it's just cozy. You know, she, the main girl is very relatable in that, like, you know, her boss will be like, okay, so, like, spend the day just, like, getting to know the hotel. And she's like, so I need to make a map and I need to make a plan and an Excel document. And, <laughs> and like I just.
2: You said it, cozy and Excel document in
1: the same, like. <laughs> because when yeah. it's everyone around her telling her, no, it's okay. You don't oh, have to be that. Oh, okay. You don't so have she... to. You can chill. Gotcha. So this
2: sounds like it would be good, like, post-prelims, Alicia. Yes.
1: yes it it is pretty much my post prelims is finish percy jackson Mm. and then this (laughs) yeah
2: don't add avatar to the list at least not yet
1: (laughs) (laughs) we'll see
0: um but that's cool to see that that because that series was one of the ones that actually looked different and looked like it had a sort of unique style to it i mean with the stop motion um it it was one of the because Remember, they announced like five Pokemon series, Mm -hmm. like all at once, it felt like. And that was the one that stood out to me. So I'm glad to see that's been successful. Um, Let's see. uh, Elden Ring, Shadow of the Erd Tree, uh, (laughs) releases June 21st for $40. They put out a trailer for that. Uh, Mm. That trailer looks really cool 40 dollars is a lot of money but they are saying that this is an entire new environment and an uh, entire new story mm-hmm. so it sounds like um this is more than like a uh, a traditional dlc this is more maybe at the level of a um what what do they call those um like a standalone spinoff. So I'm thinking kind of like Miles Morales, the Spider-Man game that they put out that really could have been DLC, but sort of became its own like standalone game. Mm -hmm. They did that with uh, one of the Uncharted games. Mm -hmm. Um, I forget what the name of that one is, but it's the the two female characters are the ones that you're playing and controlling Mm -hmm. in it. And that's actually like, the thing I'll say is, that Spider-Man game, Miles Morales, is a, probably a better game than Spider-Man 1.
1: Yeah.
0: And then that Uncharted game is maybe the best Uncharted game that they've <laughs> put out since, like, part two. Um, and it's kind of cool to see companies doing those kind of smaller scale kind of mm-hmm. standalone projects. For sure. Um, <clears throat> and they're hinting that there may be more DLC for Elden Ring. So... um. I was with a group of people just yesterday who lost their minds over this. <laughs> so I I think they're going to be successful.
2: Yeah, for sure. <laughs>
0: um, and man, I really like that first Elder Ring. That's a great game. <laughs> um, they released the trailer for the Borderlands movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you all got a chance to watch that or not or – no, I, didn't.
2: I didn't watch all of it, but I did see that Jamie Lee Curtis uh, is in it, and it made me very excited.
0: Jamie Lee Curtis, Kate Blanchett. Um, let's see. Jack Black is doing the voice of Claptrap, the robot. Um, the general. Okay,
1: Christina is showing me the poster right now, and that
0: looks amazing. Right. <laughs> so the general reaction online seems to be, This feels very Guardians of the Galaxy. Ah,
2: yeah, Yeah. I can see that, yeah.
0: Um, And my response to that is, okay. Like, (laughs) yeah, Like, those were really fun movies that people who aren't even into comic books got really into. And so if you're making a video game movie, that's not a bad place to start. Uh,
2: Right? Yeah. I'm like, I I played the game. Like, that, mm, they can fit in there. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) I mean... um, I really, you know, the fact that you have Jamie Lee Curtis and Kate Blanchett in your dumb video game <laughs> shooter movie yeah. is yeah. cool to me.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. even, like, Jamie Lee Curtis, I feel like, makes sense because she's been involved in, like.
0: She does cosplay she, and stuff. She does cosplay.
1: Yes. Like, she's done, you know, she worked with the Completionist live streams, long before all his issues came she out. worked
2: with dead by daylight when they released all the michael stuff
1: yeah so yeah. like i feel like she she is the kind of person i would absolutely <laughs> you didn't say
0: mikey this time i
2: did no confusion i started Turtles. to and then, <laughs> and then i was like girl where are you at <laughs> no dvd uh, no mikey
1: oh <laughs> uh, but like I, I feel like it makes sense for her to be in this Kate blanchett surprises me not because she's not a nerd i mean hello galadriel but it just feels like another level of nerd.
0: I mean, I, I think the thing with both of them, though, is that these are very good actresses. Yeah. These are actresses, you know, uh, Kevin Hart is in this. This feels like a Kevin Hart kind of <laughs> yes. kind of movie.
2: And like, Jack Black's voice is going to be hovering yeah. in there somewhere. I mean, <laughs> these,
0: these are two guys who are in Jumanji.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Right? And so, like, the fact that, you know, in the modern Jumanji movies are video game base right they're not a board Mm -hmm. game anymore so like the fact that you get the two of them into this okay that makes complete sense yep but then the fact that you get jamie lee curtis who can you know like i don't know what her career is like at this point but she was just in an oscar nominated movie like everything everywhere all at once yeah i feel like jamie lee curtis can pick and choose her roles a little more carefully
1: yeah
0: and kate blanchett Definitely can.
1: Kate Blanchett does not have to do anything she doesn't want to do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, you know, you're talking about somebody who is still, like, you know, getting nominated for Oscars on a regular basis and, mm-hmm. like, uh, and doing stuff. And the fact that they're in it gives me a little bit more hope for it because I'm like, these are not dumb women. They're not desperate in their career. Mm-hmm. They're doing this because they, they think to. there's something interesting here. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I'm like not that Jack Black and Kevin Hart don't have any <laughs> discretion, but, but but
1: I think like you said Jack Black and Kevin Hart have more of a comedy actor right. as like that's their niche. We expect them to do goofy things to like, voice Bowser. Yeah. Like yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis and Kate Blanchett aren't in that niche. Like they can do they do that and we've seen that from both of them, but we also have seen
0: much more the, serious roles. Yeah. Stuff, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so the the casting is pretty neat. The um the tiny Tina role is being played by I, I can't think of the actress's Ariana name.
2: G-Gobble.
0: It's something Ariana's something, I don't know her last name. Uh but she is the actress from um Greenblatt. From Barbie and then she was in like um she played the daughter uh, uh, oh, okay. America mm-hmm. Ferrara's uh, okay. daughter in that film. And she was also in, like, the Avengers film. She played young Gamora in mm-hmm. that. And then she was some other big franchise that she's been in. Um, But, like, I was just thinking, like, this, this young woman is, like, the, like, hottest young actress. Like, it's her and Jenna Ortega. Like, yeah. just cast them in everything.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like how Haley Steinfeld was in everything a few years ago and, like, has right. continued to... <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, we we do this with young actresses. We're like, put them in everything for five years and then they'll disappear. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Um, (laughs) Let's see. Um, Last bit of news here. Sony is apparently testing PlayStation VR 2 for PC. So this is testing the headset to work with PCs, how this would actually work, if it's going to be as simple as plugging a USB cable in or if you're going to have to... Uh, remote stream this through your PlayStation in some manner to do this. Uh, But it seems to be an admission from Sony that we aren't (laughs) putting enough value out for people to buy this headset. Mm -hmm. So how can we make it that people will want to buy these headsets? My guess is somewhere there is a warehouse with a ton of these setting in it that nobody is buying
1: Mm -hmm. because
0: they're too expensive and there's just not enough reasons on the um on the playstation right now to buy this um you know and from all reports this is a very good headset fits very comfortably the specs on it the like resolution the has oled uh screens on the inside of it so it's a really nice headset
1: but it's just too expensive for too little use
0: yeah i mean this is not the software there on the playstation 5 currently um, and Sony has not shown any signs that they are developing that software. They're not putting out announcements. Like, um, it's not like they've announced, hey, we have a God of War game coming to this or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so this seems like a smart idea. Um, you know, Maybe this will be a pretty good uh, VR headset for your PC. Um, at this point, having a MetaQuest and being able to remotely connect to my PC and play VR games that way, Means that I have very little interest mm-hmm. in anything that is attached because having something without cables is just so much more convenient to yeah. play that way,
2: especially for a VR. I would imagine, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you are not having people like getting tangled up in the wire, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, but we'll see what comes of that. Um, maybe there'll be something we're not expecting or seeing. Uh, that does it for news. We'll move on to our big question. Our big question comes from our uh, forever faithful fan, Derek, who actually sent this in an email in which he said, hey, I've listened to the latest episode of the podcast while flying in an airplane over Peru. Um <laughs> So he was dang
1: on, Derek. <laughs> he was on
0: his way to Peru, and i uh, jealous. Listening to the podcast, yeah, and like I, I kind of feel bad for him. He's listening to our podcast. <laughs> he's going to Peru.
1: Well, look, he's not listening to it in Peru. He's listening to it on the in, way there
0: in, in Peruvian airspace. He is,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's not like he's listening to the podcast instead of going to Machu Picchu. You know,
0: <laughs> no, he did go to Machu Picchu though. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, I don't think Perhaps he was. He should. I don't think he was listening to us while doing that. But who knows? Uh, but he did send in a question. So this is his question. Uh, this is a less controversial one <laughs> than some recent ones. So uh, the question for this week is: If you could take one character from a game and put it into a completely different game, what character would it be, and what game would you put it in? And he notes this can't be like taking Wario and putting Wario into Super Mario Brothers. It needs to be like an entirely different series, taking a character and putting it into a different series.
1: It needs to be a crossover.
0: Yeah, like a real crossover. Um, so, um, Alicia.
1: So, I, I love this question because literally this week I was watching a YouTuber called Don Schnack, and he did a Kirby Nuzlocke of Pokemon Platinum. So, he had a mod... Where his whole any Pokemon that he caught was replaced with Kirby's with the different special abilities and all that to get the different Pokemon typings. And I mean, Kirby
0: is a Pokemon <laughs> to begin with.
1: <laughs> the, yeah, there's it's definitely not the biggest leap to make. But what I really loved about that video was he built the storyline and all the lore to like explain how Kirby being in the Pokemon world was messing things up and. Left it on a cliffhanger with the void termina at the end, um, but so I'm like I I am right now all for putting Kirby in every game everywhere because I'm on a Final Fantasy VII kick right now. I'm gonna say I want Kirby on Gaia. I want to see Cloud and Co. have to deal with Kirby. I want to see Rufus Shinra and the Turks just be utterly baffled. <laughs>
0: Kirby should just be like, uh, like Ruby weapon. Just, <laughs> you have to fight Kirby after you finish the game.
1: There we go. Yep. So that and like, look, we all know Kirby can beat Sephiroth. So <laughs> that's true. We
2: do because
0: tr- uh, Super Smash Brothers, yeah. everybody else oh. dies. Oh Kirby's God. the only one who survives.
1: Yeah. We we've seen Kirby be, beat Sephiroth, Fair. so I don't know, like
2: beat so much as like fly away. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, so I, I I'm going with I want Kirby in Final Fantasy VII. Oh okay. Okay,
0: Kirby and Final Fantasy VII. That would that re- would really be weird with the new like remake and rebirth that <laughs> yeah. Kirby show up.
1: But then, like, just think how adorable it would be getting to see Kirby like interact with Marlene and just the um, Moogles. The Moogles. it would just make me very happy. Yeah. Okay,
0: I can see that, uh, Christina.
2: So speaking of Smash, <laughs> this is the only thing that I could think. I was like, well, Smash kind of does this. And so what character do I want to see like fighting up somebody else basically um, and one character that I think Nintendo did a game for and then kind of ignored minus putting him in Diddy Kong Racing is Conker. <laughs> and uh-huh. I get I get why. I get why they made the game and then was like shh, shh, shh we forget about you. <laughs> it's because he's like so not Nintendo. At least, like, his true form. He's very inappropriate in drinks and a lot... There's lots of things in that game that are not Nintendo. Conquers for...
0: Bad for, Bad day. for a day,
2: that's what it is, yeah. Like um, fighting
0: poo monsters? Oh, um,
2: That's the, what I was thinking of when I thought about this question because <laughs> I was like, I want to see Conker like throwing poop balls at people or you know, in those fighting games or just like getting drunk and doing like a drunken master thing <laughs> to them because I think it would just, it would be funny. I don't know.
1: <laughs> there we go.
0: So, are you saying you want to see conquer in Smash
2: Brothers? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I think that I think there's actually like a a, a reasonable chance that might yes. happen. Something. Well, because I
2: would say, like my fa- I think my favorite game of all time. Well, yes, it, on depending on the day is Banjo Kazooie, and the fact that they put Banjo in the the latest iteration of Smash like yeah. gave me hope.
0: And that's rare. I mean, Rare yeah. made both of those. So yeah, yep. yeah. I mean, it's completely completely plausible like that's not unlike uh Kirby in Final Fantasy. <laughs> I think that's not outside the realm of I possibility. I was trying to
2: think realistically. Like <laughs> like like if Nintendo is sitting somewhere and is like, "Let me just look through random like podcast about gaming to see how people how the people are talking about us." And my voice just sounds interesting to you. Hi Nintendo, put Conquer
1: into <laughs> <go> a <at> Smash game. <laughs>
0: I think they might uh, censor him throwing poop balls, but oh. short of that, I can but
2: please the poop balls. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. So I also chose two characters who are in Smash Brothers because I feel like all the iconic characters are in Smash Brothers uh-huh. almost at this point. Uh. But I was thinking like, okay, well, what if I took two sort of different period type games and mashed them up? So I was thinking like taking Samus. From, mm-hmm. uh from Metroid and sending her to Castlevania Ooh. So the that, true
1: Metroidvania
0: yeah oh. the ultimate metroidvania right <laughs> um, so uh, having her like have to battle like zombies and vampires mm-hmm. and um, oversized bats and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everything I'm- else. That would uh, be great because they they have made some Castlevanias like one of the DS games I think it is that's actually like kind of set in the future. Uh, yeah,
1: Aria of Sorrow and Dawn of Sorrow are both. I think Aria's twenty thirty five and Dawn is two years after that.
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think that would be kind of neat. To c to see that crossover and then yes it becomes the ultimate metroidvania (laughs) like you can just call it metroidvania yeah Yeah. like just finally just use that term that would
1: be the the best name that would be the most smart most smartly named game yeah the minute anyone searched metroidvania even looking for anything in that style your game would come up
0: yeah i mean imagine the marketing on that game it sells itself right there um All right. Well, thanks for the question, Derek. And if you want to send in a question, you can do that by emailing us at justin.young@siu.edu. at And we, we always like getting questions. We may not be able to use all of them, (laughs) (laughs) but we've tried so far. Um, But we always like getting questions or comments or feedback on the podcast. um, And we appreciate everyone who listens Um, Thank you, uh, Alicia and Christina, for joining me this week. Uh, We will be back next week with a new episode, theoretically with Mario, unless he just decides to stay out in Arizona or wherever he is. Albuquerque. (laughs) Albuquerque. That's right. It's
1: Albuquerque because we made all the Weird Al jokes. (laughs) I
0: don't don't remember two days ago, let alone (laughs) a week ago. Um, But... Theoretically, Mario will be back if he doesn't take a wrong turn. Um, <laughs> so we'll be happy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what they pay me the big bucks for. But um, um, but thank you for listening. Always check out salukigames.com for back episodes and also like our top 10 of the year list. We have a lot of cool different ones of those you can check out. And we will be back next week with a new episode. Until then... Play something really cool. Play Bellatro. Mm. (laughs) Enjoy yourselves. Have a good week.